The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's nine minutes past eight. Welcome to the forum. Now, in uh, recent uh, days, South Africans have seen reports of uh, calls by President Jacob Zuma to fire the National Police Commissioner, Ria Piecha, following reports that she tipped off Western Cape Police Commissioner Arno Lamour about a crime intelligence probe against him. We hear that Piecha's view is that there's a smear campaign against her. In fact, uh, we spoke to her spokesperson yesterday who confirmed that. The police watchdog, the IPID, confirmed receiving the charges but are still deciding whether they're competent to investigate. The police commissioner has continued to take flak recently, including for the departure of Gauteng's outgoing police commissioner, her decision to withdraw the appointment of Major General Bethold Zuma as Gauteng's new provincial Commissioner, the police commissioner has insisted that nothing will deter her leadership team from the new journey of building the SAPS. Are the recent negative reports on police activities a cause for concern? This is a question we ask on the forum. A very good morning and welcome to Gareth Newham, Head of Crime and Justice Program at the Institute for Security Studies. And thank you for joining us as well as uh, Professor Diniko Malilega, political analyst. Uh, with the University of Johannesburg. A very good morning to you, and thank you for taking the time to speak to us as well, gentlemen. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Morning, Tepiso. It's a pleasure speaking to you and your listeners. Mr. Newham, is, is it much ado about nothing? As I mentioned, there have been quite a lot of reports. I, the introduction focused a lot on the National Police Commissioner, but just generally ins and outs within the police management, the police force itself. There's been a lot of negative reports and publicity. Is this a cause for concern? Yes, Peter, I think it is. Uh, when you're in a country that has a high crime rate like South Africa, people really need to have trust in the police and faith that the police leadership are focused on dealing with the challenge of crime. Um, not only that, but people also want to know that when they see a police official, that they can go to that person if they need help, and that person will be trained, professional, confident, know what they're doing, so that you actually want to see police officials in the streets. It makes you feel safe, and you trust them to be doing their jobs. What we've seen in, 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 for a long time now, it's not just a recent phenomenon, is that there was a very good uh, move in the, in the first part of our democracy in the first 10 or so years to improve policing, a lot of training in human rights, changing the, the rank structures, and really making it a service-orientated organization. Um, this started, started to really change in about the early 2000s when Jackie Celebi took over, and we saw this massive recruitment of about seven to 10,000 new police officials being recruited into the organization every year for about 10 years. So it grew by almost 70,000 people. So it's huge. Mm-hmm. And in that process, um, the, the, the training suffered, the vetting process suffered, so larger numbers of police officials started getting involved in a whole lot of misconduct, brutality. We saw the numbers of people being shot dead by the police increase dramatically from 2007 to 2009. Numbers of complaints went up over 300% in that time period with uh, the IPID. And so you, and then you've seen the, 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 the opposite happening, the declining, well, con- correlation with that, the declining levels of public trust, so that less than half the population, about 41%, have any level of trust in South African police service, and two-thirds, 66%, according to a um, Human Science Research Council survey, think that corruption is widespread in the police. So it is, of course, a big cause of concern. As you mentioned, there was a strategic 
a plan, I think, back in, in 1990 to do this, to overhaul not only the image of the police but the working of the police. But uh, there's been a view that there's been very little evidence that this plan was put into place, especially given the secrecy in which it was shrouded. The, the development of the new strategic plan was done mostly internally. Outsiders were kept out, and that probably could have helped the process. Well, yes, I think it also wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, uh, consistently implemented because there were changes in leadership, and we've we've seen a rapid turnover in police commissioners recently. But the planning process of the police, as a as a in terms of a strategic plan as a national organisation, has remained quite insular. The police don't really plan with other departments. For instance, it's not as if they sit with the prosecuting authority, with the correctional services, with other departments, and plan for the year, and then look at how their various performance indicators and how what one organisation does can impact on the other. It is still done in silos. Um, there's no public input onto these into these plans or or, or processes for allowing that. So. It remains insular. I think that's part of the problem, is that uh, our constitution, when the draft of our constitution realized that in all societies, policing is a difficult uh, occupation. It's not an easy thing to do anywhere in the world, particularly in a diverse country with a high crime rate and, very, and huge disparity of wealth. So you have very poor areas and very wealthy areas, all requiring policing. Um, but the, the, uh, the, the, the process was so closed and remains so closed that you don't have, for instance, um, a reference group which is what the National Development Plan calls for. They actually call for a national policing board that is multidisciplinary, multisectoral. It means people from outside the police sit together and look at the police challenges, look at the crime challenges, and collectively help guide the police so that it becomes a more community-friendly organization. Um, to date, as you say, it's been really insular. The police sitting in closed boardrooms talking to each other, and we need to really open that process up so that, so that people understand what the police are trying to achieve, the plans reflect the public's needs more, um, and we can start really working towards a, a building trust between the public and the police. Now, Professor Manuleka, there were those who said this uh, organizational renewal was in response to a changed social and political environment, yet today there's not much evidence of that when one looks at the police and the manner in which they carry out some of their operations. I mean, I don't have to remind you that this is what a lot of people said resulted in the Marigana incident or what the Marigana incident managed to um, bring out to the public, the manifestation of the uh, very issues that bedevil the police. Your response to that, do you agree with that? Do you disagree with it? So, I, I, I mean, largely I agree. Uh, I think we have seen a tremendous effort uh, in the early years of... Uh, of, of independence, of liberation, uh, to change the image of the police, uh, also to change the way the police work. Uh, you will remember the uh, community policing forums. I just, this is just one example of a, a massive attempt to build bridges between police and, uh, and, and communities. Um, uh, and, and I think there is a sense in which some of that has continued. Uh, you could argue that even the employment of, of uh, someone like Ria Piecha was part of an attempt uh, to create a police force that is uh, accessible by bringing in someone uh, with management skills uh, who is not a career police person um, and so on. So. Uh, but, but but we have lost our way. 
uh, we've lost our way uh, somewhere uh, in the process. We have now reached a stage, uh, in my view, uh, quite a breaking point uh, where unless something is done, uh, we may actually uh, erode all of the of, of the gains uh, that had been made, um, including uh, the interventions of police by themselves, uh, changing police stations, for example, uh, becoming more friendly to uh, rape victims and so on. Uh, one is aware of all those initiatives, but all of this um, uh, could could be lost if 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 nothing is done. Because what we we have come to now is whether the man or woman in police uniform can be trusted. And, and, and you mentioned the issue of uh, the appointment of the current National Police Commissioner as a bit to address some of those issues. But there are those who say, you know, there's a, a very clear distinction between leadership and management. And part of the challenge has been her ability to influence the higher echelons of management within the police. Yes. She herself has, has in fact hit out at these latest accusations and say, no, this is part of a smear campaign by those in the crime intelligence unit who disagree with some of the decisions that I've taken. The, the last thing you want, Sepiso, is a police commissioner whose main preoccupation is to defend him or herself. Uh, when when you reach that stage where the integrity of the police commissioner, uh, rightly or wrongly, is under such scrutiny uh, that she or he has to take up a lot of time merely to defend themselves, um, that is time that could have been used um, uh, differently and much more positively uh, for the image of the police and for building a morale, uh, if you like, around the police. And one of the, the strange things now is that under this recent, uh, most recent uh, issue, and, and one is not saying that she is guilty or not guilty, I mean, because, uh, you know, it's too early to tell. It's not clear uh, what, 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 what the issue is here. Um, but under this, this latest uh, issue, uh, what has become very clear is that um, the, the police commissioner herself uh, is not getting a choir of defenders from among her, her provincial commissioners and her senior leaders uh, from the unions. And that for me is worrisome. It's worrisome that uh, there is uh, stone silence. Uh, Why do you think that is there? I think it's part of what you were you were talking about earlier, the, uh, her, her inability uh, and 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 to to influence and to mobilise uh, the people that she leads, or their inability uh, to heed her, her leadership, whichever way you look at it. But there is a broken link there because she should be able to mobilise them and they should be able to respond. Um, in, in defense of the police image, in defense of herself, and one is not is, is not getting that coherent um, uh, stance uh, of a shared uh, objective uh, between the leadership uh, core in the police, and that for me is, is is a very worrying sign. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and then take your calls on 0891 104 208. 
are the recent negative reports on police activities a cause for concern? This is a question we're asking in conversation with Gareth Newham, who's head of crime and justice program at the ISS, and uh, Professor Diniko Malulek is a political analyst with the University of Johannesburg. Why am I voting? I'm 18 and free. I'm voting for the South Africa I want to live in. You have a reason to vote in the 2014 national elections, but are you registered? Registration stations open on 9 and 10 November 2013. Remember to take your green ID book or smart card with you. You can also SMS your ID number to 32810 to check if you're registered or visit elections.org.za. Your vote is a celebration of 20 years of democracy. IEC, I vote South Africa. Standard SMS rate supply. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Well, we are taking your calls on the forum here on 0891-104-208. We're asking are the recent negative reports on police activities a cause for concern. Gareth Newham, just to come back to you and uh, follow through on the conversation that we're having now with uh, Professor Maluleka. Uh, and just in terms of the internal wranglings, power wranglings or ructions within the, the SAPS, or, or well, it's SAP now. The, what do you think is at the heart of the problem? There are those who pointed out that the internal image and insecurity problems within uh, the police need to be dealt with. In order, I mean, there have been a whole lot of reasons that have been given: inadequate training uh, and the right kind of, uh, you know, police cadre. But what do you think lies at the heart of that? Well, the National Planning Commission's diagnostic, I think, hits the nail on the head when it says there's been a serial crisis of leadership. And it started um, during, the, during the tenure of Jackie Celebi when he started getting involved in corruption. And that time, during his period, that time when he was being investigated for corruption by the Scorpions, he started using crime intelligence uh, to try and undermine that investigation and derail the, the Scorpions' probe against him. And that set a kind of precedent there that you could start using your police resources to protect your national commissioner for purposes that had nothing to do with fighting crime, but started getting involved in a political dynamic because he was compla- complaining that he was a victim of a political conspiracy. Also, he pointed a large number of people around him into different key positions who weren't police officials, and they were there primarily because they were loyal to him, um, and they had no experience. So he suddenly had people in the most strategic and highly uh, uh, sensitive positions in the South African Police Service who had no policing experience, no background, even in management. I mean, in fact, some of them had been found guilty of mismanagement in other departments and had been then hired into the police in very, very important positions. Um, and that continued under Becky Tseli. So I think when the current National Commission arrived, she found quite a fractured leadership team. Um, and certainly, I think the, the, the whole Richard Mluli issue is a good case study for this. You know, here's a man who was appointed irregularly to head the National Crime Intelligence Division. He didn't go through an assessment center. There was no background checking. His vetting was improved. He was just sort of parachuted into that position. Um, he had been involved in the ca- uh, crime intelligence campaign to try and discredit the Scorpion's investigation against Levy, and suddenly he was running the organization. We now know that he saw his role as quite political. He wrote a number of letters to the president claiming he was a victim of political conspiracy, that he was willing to work in the political president's private interests. Um, and he, while he was there, he thought he was untouchable because he seemed to be involved in a lot of uh, corruption, and there's a lot of evidence and mm. allegations against him. Now, he's been suspended since 2011, and he's, he's a huge symbol in the police because a lot of honest police officials don't trust him. And uh, this was even confirmed by um, the acting National Commissioner, uh, Makonazi, who said that he couldn't have a, a, a team meeting when Mduli was there because half his management team didn't trust Mduli. Now, 
really it hasn't yet faced disciplinary hearing. Um, the current National Commission has had over a year to act on this, and she hasn't. So that immediately starts sending a sense of distrust amongst upper echelons. Mm. They think, is she still protecting him? Why won't she just submit him to a disciplinary hearing so the evidence can be properly, thoroughly aired in a disciplinary process and we can move on? That hasn't happened. So immediately you've got a, a management team that aren't sure, is he going to come back? Um, is, is, is he being protected? And so, you know, those little things make a big difference when you're talking about people at the top of, of apex of the most powerful um, security organization in the country. Right. I'm, coming, I'm taking your calls on 0891104208. Professor Maluka, there's a question I want to ask you around this about the politicization of the police force. It's certainly been a strategy and, and the change of image we've seen over the years. But let me take these two callers and I'll come back to you. Figi Lynn, Cape Town, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Professor. I think you have got uh, what's information that the members of the public are actually are not aware of it. To stop all this from happening, Professor, uh, to sue the Minister of Police, the problem is we are not aware that you now we should certainly right to write a letter within six months. Figure, unfortunately, your line is bad. Is there a way that we can call you or call us back? Because we'd like to hear what you're saying, but unfortunately, the line is bad. Figure, we're going to come back to you. Let's go to Tapo in Pretoria. Hi, Tapo. Hi, how are you, Tapiso? Well, thanks, and you? I'm fine, thanks. So, I, I, think, I think there's a bit of a contradiction on the part of what uh, Prof. Maluleka is saying. Hmm. I'll tell you why I say this. I think he, he first speaks about maybe uh, how mostly using her time defending herself uh, while she could have invested that time in more productive things within the police. And at the same time, he says there is no overwhelming defense or there's no defense from the provincial commissioners. Uh, but I find that as a contradiction because if they were to do that, that in itself would mean they're not putting their time uh, productively and they're not doing their work, they're defending the, the commissioner. But the other part that he missed uh, uh, on, on saying is that there could clearly be a smear campaign against Medica in this case. That's why there's so much noise. I mean, there's so much that is happening within the police. There's, there's so many improvements that we have seen in recent times. But the one thing that he didn't mention is that there could possibly be a smear campaign against the, the commissioner, and that we should look into that as well. Okay, thanks, Tepo. Uh, Prof, Thank I'll give you a chance to answer. Figile, I believe you're back on the line. Yes, Capito. What I say is, Capito, it's just for the matter of the pursuit, because the reason that this is continuing, Capito, is that we are not aware of our right to write a letter within six months from the date of an Afghan. So the case actually lapses once it's not informed the Minister of Police in writing, which is So this will stop from happening. Capito, as a victim, I'm a victim. I learned that uh, from the lawyers, we have a lawyer, they're asking if you write a letter inform the minister that you are pursued. Or if he said, no, you, you never did, then the case will then last within three years. Okay. So immediately, after six months, that's inform the minister that you are going to take the action of suing him. Thanks a lot. Um, Professor Malulek, perhaps just to get you to answer the callers first. Yes. Tsepiso, uh, um, I am not saying that the commissioners should defend the police commissioner uh, willy-nilly, uh, whether they agree or don't agree uh, with her, whether they think she is worth defending or not. That's not my point. I am simply noting that they are not coming out in, in her defense and that they are not coming out between themselves and herself 
putting forward a shared vision uh, of leadership. What I see is fracturing of, of leadership between the provincial commissioners and the commissioner, the top people with whom the commissioner should work in. That, that's, that, that's the point that I, I, I am making now. As for the smear campaign against her, it is, of course, possible that there is a smear campaign against her, but it's also possible that there's a smear campaign against Chris Ngobo. It is also possible that there's a smear campaign against Lemur in Western Cape. I mean, that those possibilities are there. But at the end of the day, the South African citizen, looking at a police commissioner, the national police commissioner, the regional police commissioners, the head of... Of, uh, of of intelligence uh, in, in, in the case uh, of the position that was vacated by Mkluli. They, they are looking for conf- confident leadership, for inspiration, for, for people they can trust, people who can inspire uh, uh, confidence. And that, that's, that, that is, I think, a uh, bottom line. All right, we'll continue with our conversation, 891 That's the number that you can use if you want to call us and join in on the conversation, 34701. That's the SMS hotline to write per SMS, and we are available on Twitter and Facebook as well. Right now, it's time for your news headlines, 8.30. Vabakshini Chetty has those details. And uh, 27 minutes to 9 nine. Let's find out what to expect from Morning Talk this uh, Tuesday's edition from 9 o'clock to 12 midday. Rowena Bird on the line to tell us what to expect this morning. Hi, Rowena. Hello, Tepiso. Good morning to you and thank you very much. Coming up on Morning Talk today, um, we're going to have in studio the founder of the Ubuntu Liberation Movement. We're going to talk about this movement. Um, I don't know if it's a political party, it's a movement. We'll find out from him and find out also what the founding principles are. He proposes a new social structure because as he says every socio-political system we've ever had as humans um, has failed us dramatically will unpack his thoughts even further and today being the last Tuesday of the month we're going to have a full hour on personal finance with Brian Hirsch you can ask whatever personal finance related questions and Brian will answer those and then later we'll talk about the Solomon Mahlangu scholarship fund which has been set up by the National Youth Development Agency and that completes today's lineup. Thank you, Sabiso. Yeah, thanks, uh, Rowena. And of course, now we continue with our conversation on the forum. The question we are asking is, are the recent negative reports on police activities a cause for concern in conversation with Gareth uh, Newham, Head of Crime and Justice Programme Institute for Security Studies and uh, also on the line to Professor Diniko Malulege, a political analyst with the University of Johannesburg. You can give us a call on 0891 We're going to take your SMS on 34701. It'll cost you two rand per SMS. Tweet us if you'd like at uh, AM Live on SAFM. And uh, that's the same Facebook address. Uh, our email address is amlive at safm.co.za. Well, just to come back to you, Professor Maluga, I was, I was asking about the politicization of the police forces whether or not that is part of the problem. If we've seen the change of strategies, um, 
that has often been a common factor that's been lamented. We at some point had the militarization of the police force, but now the NDP plan says, no, we need to go back uh, on that plan, change the, the management approach of the SAPS. And uh, we've had the, act, or the National Police Commissioner, current National Police Commissioner, saying that is going to happen. Uh, even the release of statistics, um, the police minister was saying part of the problem is the politicization of those statistics. And why people don't trust the work being done by police. How much of a huge factor is it on, on these things that we're seeing? Yeah, so I mean, there are several problems that attend to, to, the, to the police uh, uh, leadership uh, and reputation at the moment. Uh, politicization insofar as uh, the police commissioner um, uh, is, is ultimately a, a political appointment, and I must quickly qualify that. Uh, uh, constitutionally, a police commissioner is not uh, a political appointment, but of course the president appoints uh, the police commissioner. And uh, one could argue that uh, the, the police commissioner need not feel uh, beholden uh, to, to the political uh, uh, heads of, of government, including the president, uh, certainly nothing in the constitution suggests that the police commissioner should should be uh, uh, compromised in that sense. But we know that in practice um, uh, that there have been problems there, uh, and and of course uh, our experience since 1994 in terms of what has happened with Silibi with Pele. Uh, would seem to to confirm that those who are concerned about political uh, interference uh, have have every reason uh, to continue to be con- concerned. So so th- there are issues there. But secondly, the militarization which you spoke about uh, of the police, and if you balance the militarization with the recruitment uh, that my colleague uh, on on the program was talking about the. Uh, the, the growth in numbers of, of police and the decline in quality of training, uh, and you add militarization into that mix, uh, you, 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 you get a situation where uh, uh, police are likely to shoot before they ask. Uh, I mean, not so long ago we had a police commissioner who uh, actually issued the statement uh, shooting to kill. And, and the third problem that I see is one of contamination between uh, police and uh, criminality, uh, where there is some kind of contamination between the two. If you hear the, the number of uh, police with, with criminal records and you look at the Silibi case and you look at the allegations against uh, uh, Lemur, for example, and, and, and many other allegations, there's clearly a problem of contamination uh, between criminality and policing. Um, and criminality and policing should be related in, 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 in totally different manner than, than we are seeing. And sometimes it goes to the highest level. Um, those problems uh, would seem to indicate to me that we have a police um, uh, system, a police infrastructure at the highest level that is in trouble and that those things need to be, uh, to, to be fixed. Okay. Uh, what is your view then, Gareth Newham, on what Professor Maluluk is speaking about, criminality in the police? Just uh, a while ago, earlier this year, the police confirmed that uh, there's been several police 
officials have been placed on suspension. We were also told that uh, there were more than a thousand police officers who were found to have criminal records. Those who say that figures that figure must be far worse than what has been told to us. But has that, the lack of adequate management or proper management or credible management, bleeded into the police force itself, that we now have a police force that is lawless, so to speak? Well, I think that's what the National Planning Commission Diagnostic found, um, <clears throat> that because of... Uh, uh, a serial leadership crisis, and that's, that means, and what we've been talking about, is that the very highest echelons of the police organization, the people who have got the most authority, the most power to change things, and the most responsibility to make sure that that organization is professional, that it only operates according to the law, that the best, most honest police officials are promoted to the top of the organization and have long careers in the organization, and those that are corrupt or brutal are quickly identified and removed hasn't happened so and it can only be it can only happen when your police uh, leadership act as a coherent team when they have a very strong and clear vision for what they want to see in the police they have a very clear written up plan a five-year plan that says we're going to take this organization from where we are now and in five years you'll see the following things when you go to a police station and this is the systems are going to be in place and these are the indicators we're going to measure publicly ourselves against so that everybody can see what you're trying to, chew in, uh, trying to achieve and the, and, and the progress you're making. And until that really happens, and I think that's what the National Planning uh, Vision says, you know, there needs to be, you actually need to start at the top. So they're saying that you set up this National Policing uh, Board, they set clear standards for each of the senior managers and, or, uh, of the organization, and then you do an independent and thorough assessment of each individual to make sure that all those that have been appointed over time who are on there for reasons that are not to do with their experience, with their integrity, and with their ability to change a police organization, but for other reasons, identified and are moved out of those positions into other positions where they have less authority, and that those positions are then re-advertised and through a proper process, you have a competitive open process for, 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 for allowing the, the appointment of your national commissioner, your deputy national commissioner, your provincial commissioner, and so forth. That's where you need to start, because then you will, over a period of time, and you could do that whole process within a year, you'd have a solid management team that had a clear mandate to fix the police. People would know who they are, how they've been appointed, that they've all been background checked, they have no criminal records, and that's where you start. And then they develop this vision. But when you just parachute a single person, like uh, National Commissioner Riopieche, into that position, and she suddenly lands there, having not a day of police experience in life, and suddenly has you know, 40 to 60 senior generals, many of which have been in the police for 30 or more years, um, you can't get that. So I think the, what we really need to, s to start seeing is implementation and steps being taken to implement the recommendations of the National Planning Commission. That will fix the leadership. And without a coherent, strong, ethical leadership team that knows what they're doing and knows where they're going and understands the dynamics of policing, um, it's going to be very difficult to try and uh, fix the South African Police Service and the challenges it faces. 891 we are taking your calls on this number, 891 and we're asking if the recent negative reports about the police are a cause for concern. I'm going to read some SMSs before I take your calls. I've got Edwin here in George who says we don't need more police. We need to stop crime and government needs to hire people who want to work. I think we need to stop the arrogant media from running this country like this. They are now using information not informed to judge the commissioner. Let us give her a chance to do her job, says Kaya in Hofmeyer. And uh, Carl says in 1990, was the crime rate higher or lower as today? Denton in Durban says, you cannot have a civilian woman wearing a rank she has not earned and no experience in policing leading the force. 
Um, it is very concerning that a few good policemen are being demoralized by the corrupt ones. There's another one not signed. Police are always doing these evil acts to ordinary citizens and are only exposed when they do it on famous people. We request the media to expose them. I've been a victim too. Kathy says, who advises Mr. Zuma when he appoints uh, people in key positions? Mariana in Port Elizabeth says, you've succeeded in changing police image. They've become uneducated and physically unfit. No one has the confidence in them and one can't trust them. They've also become trigger happy. And uh, Ben says, uh, George Fivers was the last professional commissioner. He did his job with distinction and wasn't in the media for the wrong reasons. Let career cops lead the SAP as finished and tried. Well, let's take calls 891 I've got Hassan on the line. Hassan Logat, a very good morning to you, Hassan. Good morning. Part of my concern is, is not that the media, media is doing a good job or a bad job. I just think that we don't get enough information to the media not processing all the facts before us. For us as citizens, we have a proper discussion so that we can keep our public servants, the police in particular, accountable. Generally, what we're finding is that sporadic small pieces of information that has been given. But, you know, if you you follow these issues uh, or you're an active citizen, you'll know that the police have been accused of secondary rape. When someone's been accused and people go into police custody, they get raped. There are a number of it in the... The, the police uh, watchdog body has been has been reporting that there've been police involved in taxi violence. You know, so this issue of reappearing, uh, tipping off another person inside a senior person in the department is but one of them. So we need to have a discussion. But I do say it looks like we are public control over the police and generally of public servants have declined. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Hassan. I'm going to read some SMSs before I go to other calls. 891 I've got P.O. in KZN who says, We knew that there was no mistake with the president in appointing Ria Piaja. Knew that the five-year term would end while she still learns her job. Ian Marikot and Sashiko writes, The problem lies with the senior police officials who had their eyes on the position of National Commissioner after the fall of Slebi. Charles and Cape Town says, Marikan and Commissioner General Piaja's attitude at the commission has not earned her respect. Julie says one of the biggest mistakes was centralization of the SAPS call center that has had to have a major negative impact at operational level. 891 We've got Andrew on the line from Durban. Hi, Andrew. Overcame the crime in, in, in New York when he was mayor of New York. And, and do you just repeat that? We just quote you in the middle of the sentence. Please repeat that. Yeah, uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, mine is slightly off the management uh, issue of, of policing, but uh, more, more more focus on on crime in general. Mm. Um, if I could just make a, a comment about the management uh, of the policing, I think that I think most first world countries think we are a joke. You know, we we really don't know what we're doing, and they have no no, no confidence in our police management in, in any case. But my comment was. Uh, mayor Giuliani uh, had a very high crime rate when he was mayor. I think it was of New York or Chicago, one of those two. And New he York. was very successful in bringing New York, huh? Mm-hmm. And he was very successful in bringing the crime rate down. The problem is, uh, when, when you don't have fear of being caught, then you just, you know, you just run rampant uh, doing criminal activities willy-nilly. But if is the fear of being caught and being punished, if that if that is uh, 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 prevalent, 
it, w- it would put a lot of people off crime. And this okay. is what Mayor Giuliani was very successful about. Thanks, Andrew. Mfoni um, Penny in Fitbank, a very good morning to you. Morning, how are you? Well, thanks, and you? Uh, good, but you said that you, you can't keep quiet when you've got uh, topics like this on video. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, the police system itself has got very difficult pro- problems in it. You know, I'm surprised people are referring to George Fivers, who was the commissioner. Well, uh, there was reports made to, uh, by, by the news that uh, the high criminal, high-profile criminal, Colin Shawoke, was at some stage invited in his party in his house, George Fivers. But my problem is that within the police system itself, there's too much uh, politics that we don't know as civilians. You find all people in the police system, that are, uh, the police uh, officers that are 40 years of service. You must also bear in mind that they are the ones who are also part of the forces that were killing people in the townships. So they are highly ranked now and they are still station commanders, but whereas the black officers are not getting promotions, for balancing the forces, we need to get people like uh, Piyaka up there to, to make sure that the transformation is done on the police system. Right. Only the union that needs to make sure that uh, systems are put in place for police to be protected. For those who are here, happy, they need training. It's only a matter of training that they're not getting. How to shoot, when to shoot. Thanks, Mkwini Thank Funani in East London, good morning. Morning and greetings to your guests. You see, for me, it's a piece of, I think the police are just a microcosm of this government. It's not only Mepieha that should be blamed. Actually, it's not her. It's the entire system. The people who are in positions where they shouldn't have been there, you look at all of them, whether they are cabinet ministers, they are put by one man, Izuta Duzuma. Look at the police, public prosecution, to some extent, justice, the executive. So the problem should be at the doorsteps of the president. The president, in my view, is doing disservice in this country is making the system ungovernable. I think the only solution is not to remove Piecha, but to remove Uzum. All right, uh, Funani in East London. Let me come back then to you, Professor um, Maluleka. I think some of what Mfoni um, Penny, for instance, saying that there too, there's too much politics that we don't know about what's going on within the police service, and uh, it's also pretty much what Hassan Logut was saying that you know we don't have adequate information that allows us to ably judge and uh, you know objectively so within the police service. Andrew was saying the fear of being caught, for instance. That has not been inculcated. For me, the greater question is the police's relationship with the community. How much has that changed over the years? And and perhaps going back to the issue of the police service uh, post-democracy, or pre-democracy, there seems to be a sense by some that it was better managed. Well, Tepiso, you know, South African people, uh, certainly our generation of people, um, have a very painful uh, relationship with the police force in this country. Uh, If you go back uh, beyond 1994, including uh, after 1994, we don't have a positive experience uh, of police in this country. Uh, back to the 50s and even earlier. Uh, the police force has played a role that has generally uh, been seen to be uh, against the community. Um, and, 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 and I fear 
that we continue in, trapped in that mode of relations between the police and the community uh, unless some drastic things are done. I mean, Marikana, uh, for example, uh, is a painful uh, reminder of of how not uh, to relate uh, to to the police. Uh, I mean, between communities and the police, uh, it it is very familiar, uh, if if you like. Uh, and so, this contamination problem that I'm talking about uh, between criminality and policing is really a, a, a big problem that that has to be addressed at the highest level to begin with, uh, because the contamination is at the highest level, it's also at the lowest level. It's the policeman standing at the corner uh, who is either working with criminals or asking for a bribe, and the top, the, the, the police at right at the top who are alleged to be working with drug lords and so on. So it, it seems to me that we, we, we have to, to address this, this uh, contamination problem mm. and, and, and try to uh, begin healing, if you like, the relationship between uh, police and, and communities. Now, as, as for the information, you, you talk about insufficient information. Of course, we don't have, for example, uh, about these current allegations, uh, uh, you know, uh, against Biecha, against Nobo, and, uh, and uh, even the Kulichana matter, if, if you want to add it. We, we, we just don't have enough information. But the information that we have is that the police leadership collective does not seem to be working together, that, that, that there doesn't seem to be a shared vision among them, uh, that the information that we have is that there are several police who are um, uh, themselves under investigation or accused of, of, of uh, criminal activity. That information we have. The information we have is that kids are being killed uh, in Deep Slot and uh, that crime is supposed to be down in general, but that means nothing in, in particular areas okay. uh, in this country. You know, So we don't have some information, but we actually do have some information. Allow me then to ask Gareth Newham this question, just because people are asking questions about the, the level of crime, the, the type of crime that we're seeing has it worsened, has become more brutal, and that, really speaks to what is uh, thought of traditional uh, notions of policing. Can we uh, speak about that as a term, or is that a misnomer given the ever-changing socio-economic environment? I think you've raised an important point. Um, you know, in fact, crime has come down when, from when it really peaked at its height in 2002, 2003. So violent crime is down by about 25%, which is it's a few hundred thousand fewer cases than we had then. But crime is also a very complex phenomenon, and I think we expect too much from the police when it comes to a lot of the kinds of crimes that cause fear. Most murders, most assaults, rapes, take place in very specific social circumstances between people who largely know each other in the same communities. The police can do very little but respond after the fact to go and arrest somebody or gather evidence and, and find out what happened there. Um, when it comes to robberies, the police are far more, have a far more better chance of reducing those crimes because a small number of people commit a vast majority of all the house robberies, business robberies, burglaries, car thefts, and that kind of thing. And they can use crime intelligence to identify those people and their repeat offenders. So once they arrest them, 
um, that those crimes will go down. And that's been proven both in South Africa and internationally. So I think we need to start seeing, to understand policing and what can it achieve and what it can't achieve. Um, and that's something that I think a highly experienced police management team who understands the limits of, limitations of policing could explain to the public. Because really what we need to be seeing is a much more holistic re response to crime in South Africa. We need to see more social workers. We've got a shortage of around 50,000 social workers. When there's hard evidence going back to the 1960s that well-deployed, well-trained social workers in certain communities can have a huge impact to reducing crime, teenage pregnancies, drug and alcohol abuse. So we need to start understanding our crime problem in a bit more uh, sophisticated way and understanding it's not all the responsibility of the police. And the police themselves need to also be uh, able to say that and say this is what we can do and this is what we can't do. Okay, Mr. Newham, just uh, if you give me a moment to say goodbye to Professor Deniko Maluke. He needs to be off. I don't know if he's still on the line, but if you have a final word, uh, you're welcome to wrap it up for us, your, your thoughts on what the way forward should be. Yeah, well... Uh, I think I think the the, the, the first uh, uh, port of call is the leadership collective. I think that leadership collective need fixing uh, in in the police. Uh, if if your your top echelons of leadership uh, are at odds uh, with one another, if 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 you have uh, people acting being axed and then being uh, another one being appointed to act and. Uh, the commissioner and the, 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 the and the provincial commissioners seeming to be at odds with one another. That's that's no recipe for for fixing the problems that we're talking about. For me, it should start there. And I think the problem of contamination, of which I spoke, needs urgent urgent attention. Any policeman who uh, you know is found to be involved or even alleged should should, should just step aside and and let, let's let's clean this act. It seems to me that we should start there. All right. Thank you very much for your time, Professor Kiniko Malula. Is a political analyst at the University of Johannesburg. I'm going to read just the last uh, few messages before I get your final word, Gareth Newman. If I can take squeeze in a call, I'll see if I can do that. 891 On Facebook, I've got Malaysia King Larue saying, I think there's just too much politics surrounding our police. If they can put politics aside, we can have a way forward. Sam Gelisiwe Nosipiwe Gagashe says, Yes, it is. These people are talking about innocent citizens' life and also placing others at risk. I really think police should go through some sort of training to learn more about their job because of late things are just going from bad to worse. Sesetu to ANC Youth League Siposet, who says the shooting of Kuli was a mistake and police are being shot too. Hence, they shot first for protection first. The global will Kenny Mulapa says, yes, it is a serious concern because they are acting more like rebels. They just can't fire shots without being sure they're firing at the correct culprit. And Tavi Sozulu says they are, yes, they are, police brutality brutality that goes unpunished. Yapia has alleged of defeating the ends of justice. Miss Annelies von Weyck is a clueless and inaccessible, unlike her predecessor, the brave and her ever-present Miss Cindy Chikunga. We miss her. Well, just a, a final word from you and then Graham Newen. There's a sense that uh, policing is all about command and control. Should that attitude change? No, I think that's an important attitude, but it's not the only attitude. Now, I agree with the professor. We need to start looking at the top of the organization. The National Planning Commission recommendations for fixing policing are good recommendations, and if they are implemented, it will mean that there will be a start at the top 
They'll assess every single one of the senior managers of the South African Police Service against very clear and objective criteria, and where people are not in, suitable for the position to hold, they will be able to be moved out of those positions and a competitive process for new managers. And when we fix the top of the organization, once we know that we can trust every single one of our lieutenant generals, our major generals, they all have the necessary experience and qualification and integrity to run the police service, can that management team then provide a vision for five years' changes in the police service and implement the rest of the National Planning Commission's recommendations, including professionalization, improving training. Until that happens, we're going to continue to see what we've been seeing for the last few years. Uh, fractured leadership, complaints of conspiracies, not being sure if we can trust the, the, the police commission or not. And there needs to be an investigation. You can't have such serious allegations against the National Commission without an immediate investigation so that she can be cleared if she's innocent and continue with her work, or if she has committed some kind of offence, that that's appropriate action to be taken. But until that happens, the South African public and the police themselves are sitting here in a case that we don't know. And mm-hmm. so you've got to, you can't have that situation. Right. Gareth Newham, thank you so much for your time. He's Head of Crime and Justice Programme at the Institute for Security Studies. Thanks to the team that put it all together as well right now it is uh, 9 o'clock time for the news with Fabachini Chetty followed by Morning Talk.